It's two minutes gone past the hour of nine, and it's a beautiful Monday morning, the fifth day of October 2020. Welcome to the Parliament, and we do hope you enjoy the 90 minutes plus of vital issues and conversations around them. At a 60th Independence Day uh, Celebration Symposium, co-organized by the Redeemed Christian Church of God and the Nehemiah Leadership Institute over the weekend, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Pastor Enoch Adegoye, advised the federal government to restructure Nigeria or risk the breaking up of the country. He wondered aloud why we can have a system of government that is 100% Nigerian and unique to us. He reiterated that Nigeria started with the British system of government and somewhere along the line uh, we moved over to the American system of government. In his words, can't we have a combination of both and see whether it could help us solve our problems because in mathematics, if you want to solve a problem, you try what they call real analysis. Then if it doesn't work, then you move on to complex analysis and see whether that will help you. If that fails, you move on to vector analysis and so on. He went on to suggest that we look at the problems of Nigeria in a slightly different manner. According to the cleric, some people feel that all our problems will be over if Nigeria shall break up. I think that is trying to solve the problems of Nigeria as if it is a simple equation. The problems of Nigeria will require quite a bit of simultaneous equation, and some of them are not going to be linear either. According to him, why can't we have a system of government that will create what he calls the United States of Nigeria? And then he went point black. In his words, we all know that we must restructure it is either we restructure or we break. You don't have to be a prophet to know that. It is certain restructure or a breakup is imminent. In restructuring, why don't we have a Nigerian kind of democracy? If we're going to adopt the model, then we need to urgently restore the House of Chiefs. And he has a feeling that one of the major problems is that we have pushed the traditional rulers to the background and he believes that it is a major error, particularly for a great country like Nigeria. According to him, he finds it very ridiculous that one will ask a traditional ruler to inform the chairman of his local government before he travels. Okay, now, of course, that will form the basis of our discussion this morning on the parliament. I am Uche Gabriel, and my co-pilot is... Good morning. Adobe, Adobe Lozwe. Good morning, Uche. All right. Our guest and analyst this morning is uh, Francis Oka, a recruitment consultant, an online solutions provider, and youth development expert. Um, he's the host of Hustle Intelligence, a, a career success program on radio, and a chief operations officer of the CAP Development Center. Mr. Francis Oka, good to have you. Good morning. It's good to be here again. All right. Um, uh, to what extent... Do you agree or disagree with the man of God? <laughs> well, um, I agree with him. I agree with him um, all the way. I, I, I went through excerpts of the speech he delivered. And, um, of course, um, he, is, uh, he is making a statement in the right direction. In fact, I feel that, you know, coming out to make that statement is belated. Um, I have been, um, as somebody who is um, in the system in terms of, uh, you know, ministry, you know, um, uh, Christianity, 
I have been worried, you know, and really disturbed about the fact that the people, right, that we look up to and refer to as fathers, fathers of faith in our time, um, seem to be, you know, too quiet, you know, for my liking as regards the goings on in the country. Um, these are people who wield a lot of, you know, uh, power in terms of influence and actually control over, you know, millions of people, literally, in this country. What that means is that if they say this is a direction that we want to go, it is very likely that they will get more than half, all right, the, num the, the number of people, right, within the sphere of their influence to toe that line and go that direction. So I, I've been I've been marvelled at how it is. It's either they are they they are of the opinion that where this country is headed is the ideal place, or um, they, they something is just getting in the way of them, you know, deploying the spiritual authority that they have, all right, to command influence over their people to you know cause some you know change in certain directions and of course one of the ways that i feel that these these things could have been done is by is for is by them coming out to make definitive statements about certain happenings in the country that when things happen we don't just see them on the media get them talked about and analyze on you know on on on, on radio as we are doing right now and you know on newspapers and stuff like that that we have you know definitive statements coming from from such quarters all right to explain Express the position of um, of both they themselves and the institutions that they represent in the interest of the country in those directions. But but, but we've had cases where uh, people uh, cried out, where probably a clergy uh, made a definitive statement, and it didn't go down well with the people. And they, there's been a long argument as to whether clergies should wade into uh, politics. Uh, some say, well, they should just be silent. Some other people say, well, at critical uh, moments in the history of a nation, they should be able to say something uh, that is probably not political, but um, also not apolitical. Well, for me, sorry, you see, the, the statements that some of some clergy persons might have made that mm. caused operas were not necessarily pointed in the direction of, of, of politics and the you know economic issues in the country if you if you take if you if you cast your mind back you will realize that some of those issues are other issues by the side not necessarily directly related to these kinds of things that we're talking about now okay. yes yeah, so the point i'm making is with regards to the politics and the you know the socio economic you know happenings around in the in the in the country the issues around insecurity for instance um issues around you 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 you, you basically find a few voices people like the uh, the Isa El Bubas or the prophet Isa El Bubas uh, you know and uh, maybe uh, the 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 the, the man uh, i'm trying to remember his name so, yes, so Suleiman, who have come out to make certain statements, all right, and of course, which attracted a lot of, you know, uh, uh, um, backlash, all right. Um, I felt that, especially in times like that, other voices should have come out, all right, to make their own statements. Let, let's see if, for instance, one person makes a statement and got arrested or confronted, if they are going to start arresting and confronting every other person making statements in that direction. Uh, being that these people are authority figures. You, you see where I'm coming from. Okay. So, um, to land, the point I'm making is, I, I've been bothered about the fact that 
most of these, you know, fathers of faith have been relatively quiet over these issues. I, I, I feel there's, 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 there's so something. You, you were happy when you had him. Make yes, of course I was. I okay. was. I, whatever made it, made that happen. I like, oh my God, thank you, Jesus. So, <laughs> so, so, it's, so it's right to actually get involved in the political happenings. Are they not involved? <laughs> when you say they should get involved, it feels like uh, they are standing by the sidelines. <laughs> uh, and that was uh, a reason why a lot of people felt they they are so overtly concerned about the the karma bill. Now, do you speak out only when it's directly involved with what you're doing, or do you speak out because? Your parishioners, the people who come to your church, belong to the larger society. You also belong to the larger society. And whatever happens in this place called Nigeria affects you. Well, um, Uncle Chris, you pretty much have answered the question already that, you know, you're asking. Um, it is only common sense. Let us, before we even go into, you know, scriptural precepts. And I think I should make a statement at this point. The scriptures, the Bible is not opposed to politics. You see, people, 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 people miss it. The fact that people are playing dirty politics does not necessarily mean that politics is bad. As a matter of fact, God is political. You need to, or you st- yeah, study your Bible to uh, to understand some things, right? Um, so you, you, if you look at it from that angle, we begin to come out from the bias, all right, and wrong mindsets that politics is wrong or politics is bad. Uh, politics is 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 neutral. It's like money. All right. I mean, you don't go around saying you don't you you, you you can't use money because money is bad. People are using money to do all kinds of evil in this world. I don't know anything in the world that people use to do evil like money. But we all still receive money and we still spend money. We need a lot exactly. Of it. In fact, let me quote, you know, uh, 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 Daddy Gio himself. He said the fact that there is fake money hasn't stopped us from spending money. Do you see that? All right. So in the same way, the fact that there is dirty politics shouldn't stop us from getting involved with politics. In fact, this is one of the biggest undoings of, you know, the larger Christian body. All right. In this country, the fact that, you know, a lot of people have been taught or made to believe that politics is, is for the people of the world. Whatever their description of that is, right? So we're not supposed to get involved as Christians, all right? It's one of the biggest undoings, you know, of, of, of the politics of this country. So what that does is that it simply um, empowers the not capable, all right, to take charge and rule over the so, the capable. I don't know if you get this. Okay. So, so it creates a situation where there is a system set up to keep throwing up, all right, certain kinds of people who, um, do not necessarily have the capacity to deliver as far as the job description of the office is concerned. So they, so we end up getting a situation where, where the rest are not led by the best, but are ruled by the worst. I don't know if you, if you okay. understand the point. Yeah. So I, I, I think that as a result of that, we cannot say that, you know, uh, uh, prelates, um, uh, pastors, uh, bishops, you know, men of God should not, you know, get involved with politics. They should just mind their, you know, pulpits and stuff like that. No, that pulpit is actually set up because there are parishioners coming into that place. Without the parishioners, there will be no pulpit. No, and no, if no. the work of the men of God is to minister to the needs of the parishioners, then there is no way they can be extricated from the politics that affects directly the same parishioners day in, day out. There's even a view, um, and I'd like you to respond to that before we move into the other issues, that it is even the absence of uh, good men from politics that makes it as dirty as it is. Of course it is. 
Um, I strongly believe that. Like I said, politics is just a tool. It just depends on in, in, in the man, it depends on the man rather in whose hands it is found. So if we want good politics, we just find a way to get good men into the system and you have politics played the right way. Uh, but as, but anytime, you know, there's a principle in life. Um, you don't do anything for weeds to grow. Weeds grow themselves naturally. But if you're ever going to have flowers, flowers must be cultivated. Okay. Yes. That's the principle. We don't need to do anything for bad people to enter into politics or incapable people to enter into politics. We don't have to do anything. Just sit down and do nothing and you have that, which is the, which is largely what we have. But if you're going to have good people in politics, capable people, people who have the ability to deliver, there's a lot of work that needs to go into making that happen. And so as a result, it is important that we take responsibility to take active steps, which is basically what underscores why we come here to talk, to share ideas, you know, to express views. It is our own contribution to ensure that we facilitate the process required to get people, the people, the masses, enlightened enough to know the past to talk, to get the good people into the system. All right. Let, let, let's start with some of the elements of uh, uh, his conversation. One is homegrown democracy. He is proposing a homegrown democracy that is away from what we already have. Yes. Um, which a lot of people have uh, referred to as not so good a copy. We copied from, originally we copied from uh, Britain, and then uh, at a certain point we also copied from America. But when you look at what we have and what they have, it doesn't look like it was even a copy. Um, to an extent, someone would say, we have something, uh, but... Well, you see, what we have is really a good copy of what we see in America or uh, Britain. Well, whether I say or not, the result already speaks for itself. Um, if you look at the result of what the British have and the result of what the Americans have <laughs> compared to the result of what the Nigerians have, um, I, 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 I sense the, uh, sorry, I guess the difference is clear. Um, so based on that, it is evident that our own copy is, um, is bad. Is unproductive, is ineffective. Um, we see that in the results, all right, that Nigerians do have. Um, I was seeing a protest by um, what Aisha, um, the activist, the social okay. and political. Yesufu. Yes, I, Aisha Yesufu. And um, she was saying that she had spent eight months in the UK before coming back. This was uh, two weeks, la last week, I think. Um, had gone through her 14 days quarantine. And that in a foreign land, she wasn't treated like a slave. Why is she going to be treated like a slave in her own country? It was a huge, you know, uh, protest. And she was speaking to law enforcement agents. I, it touched me, really. He was asking one of them, where, which school will your child attend? Is it this, this, the same school in the same educational system that we're running in this country? All right. Just, she asked one, one of them, one of your colleagues has just been killed. And um, you, 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 are you not bothered about that? Mm. Who is talking about what accrues to the family of that colleague of yours as a result of somebody who died in active service? Are these things not bothering you people? So much as, of course, they are not allowed to express any views and they are quiet whilst watching what is going on. So she was saying, for instance, that you have a situation where in the areas where there is gross violence and people are being killed and there's kidnapping and all of that, um, where, where, where are our law enforcement agents when all those are happening? But when people come out to protest, you see law enforcement agents, you know, in their full regalia with, with ammunition, with, uh, um, with equipment and all, you know, marching into the streets and taking people under arrest. You see, so what, you look, when you see situations like that, you already begin to, you know, feel the pulse of what is going on. What's wrong with our copy? 
left uh, in point blank? Well, um, one of the things I see that is, you know, pronouncedly wrong with our copy, uh, which gives birth to the results that we have, like nepotism, tribalism, you know, religious bigotry and stuff like that, is that to a large extent, persons are being exalted over policies. We have too many policies, Uncle Yusi. If you see policies, there are plenty. We have some of the finest brains craft some of the amazing, most amazing policies, all right, on paper, but when it comes to implementation, then you start having problems. Why? Because people are more powerful than policies in this country. We have exalted persons, you know, individuals over institutions. So where you have people being more powerful than policies. In fact, people regulate policies, not policies regulating the people. It's like the, it's like the tail of a dog wagging the dog. It's not longer the dog wagging the tail. You have, a, you have situations where in, individuals are more powerful than institutions. Then it, you, 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 you have a very, very big, you know, problem in that regard. Another thing that's wrong with our copy is that there is too much, um, you know, um, there's too much, uh, what's the complexity that you know, attention to details is required to deal with. So, you see, when we copy something from America or from UK and all, without taking into cognizance the peculiarity of our issues as a people, then we are going to have a very big problem. The same way across the different sectors in society, there has been an emphasis on what is called customized solutions, whether in IT, in okay. education, in uh, uh, you know manufacturing, in processing, whatever you call it. There's been an emphasis on customized solutions. Why? Even in education, we are saying that you cannot use the same curriculum to teach the same, you know, to teach a number of people in the same class at the same time, you know, and expect you know to get. Yeah, um, the, the kinds of results that, you know, is required in the marketplace. Because people don't learn at the same pace. People don't have the same abilities and capacities. So, attention must be given to the individual peculiarity of the people who are under the tutelage of the teacher. Mm-hmm. That whilst the entire, the main body of the curriculum is being administered, the, the strategies and methodologies by which they should be administered should vary slightly. Alright, taking into cognizance the individual peculiarities in terms of strengths and weaknesses of the students. In the same way, we speak of the customer. Your taste is not my taste. Your appetite is not my appetite. The people in the automobile industry have understood this to the extent that they have built an entire, you know, industry around it. So you have, for instance, people who are buying automobiles for transportation. Then there are those who are buying for transportation and comfort. Then there are those who are buying exclusively for class. Transportation is not their need. What they need is a moving machine, but with a fine touch of class. So one person can choose to go for a, you know, a, a, a brand that delivers transportation durability in that regard. Another person decides to go for a brand that gives him not just transport, but also comfort. Another cl- client decides to go for a brand that gives him exclusive class. When that vehicle hits the road, Everybody knows that, no, that is somebody at the top of the food chain. So, if this is what's going on in society, why are we playing look away when it comes to politics? When it comes to how societies are governed? In the same way, we must consider that even though we borrow a leaf or two from developed nations, we must pay attention to the nitty-gritties of our individuality as a people. The, the, the complexities of our our realities as a society and 
find how we can marry what we have borrowed into what is going on here in such a way that it does not only amount to some nice grammar that people speak, but it does deliver solutions to problems. So to the extent that they, whatever we borrow is not solving problems, they should be discarded and we should find what solves the problems. Now, now when you, when you speak about these solutions, after looking at our own copy of democracy, how do you think we can get the Nigerian kind of democracy? Because the cleric made a statement. He asked the question. He said, why don't we have a Nigerian kind of democracy? Yes. What do you think he meant by that? He also said, where we have at the federal level, a president and a prime minister. Do you think it's possible? In of course, it's possible. Um, it's possible. Uh, what, 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 the, what I think we should be looking at is, is it, a, is it a step in the right direction? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Um, um, yes. And I think also it's a step in the right direction. We claim to be practicing, to be practicing a federal system of government. Um, but in reality, um, it is not exactly so because, um, the dynamics of federalism doesn't seem to be what's playing out, um, when it comes to the day-to-day running of of governance in the country. So what is supposed to happen, so that people can understand what we're talking about without having to go and read a government textbook, is that we're supposed to have a central and then regions or states. And then we have more powers donated to the regions or states than the powers we have concentrated at the center. That is basically, you know, a faint idea of what the federalism we're talking about is. But what we have here is that we have too much more powers concentrated at the center, and then lesser powers given to the states. you understand what's going yeah. on here? Good. So, for instance, if you take a look at the, correct, the concurrent list, the residual list, and the, the, um, the, the executive list now, um, uh, you will find out that we have mo- exclusive list, sorry. you find out that we have more items, more sensitive items, all right, um, index in the uh, uh, exclusive list. You have few items in the concurrent list and then fewer items in the residual list. That already tells you that bulk of our powers are donated to the center. So what he is saying in essence is that we should go for what is called the devolution of power. That is to say, let's break this thing down. As I'm talking right now, the, the, one of the, 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 the goals I am working towards hitting is not just to speak grammar that fly over people's heads, but to break it down so that they can relate with it. In the same way, that's what we're talking about that should happen in Nigeria. Let's not concentrate too much powers at the top. It is part of the reasons why all, you know, too, too, too much anomalies happen for people who want to get in there to find their way in there. Because it gives them access to, 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 to resources, to power, to so much that one person can do so much damage within a very short period of time because of too much powers allocated. I don't now, know if you get now, now, if we're going to grow a, a home, uh, if we're going to devise a homegrown democracy, yes. what are we supposed to be looking at, you know, uh, as elements of this homegrown democracy, considering Nigeria, its population, and all the other peculiarities that we have? Okay, for me, what part of what I think we should be looking at, because when people talk about, um, you know, the issue of... Sorry, let me digress a little bit so I can, you know, connect dots. When people talk about the issue of restructuring, they mean some of them. Sometimes they mean different things. We're coming to that. <laughs> okay, so let me leave that. Let mm. me leave that. So when we come to that, um, um, the element, the fir- one of the first elements I think we should look at is the content of our constitution. 
that concession needs to be overhauled completely. It does not in any way um, reflect, um, you know, a Nigerian kind of democracy, as it were, that has the, you know, that contains, that accommodates, that's what I'm looking for, that accommodates, right, the peculiarities of the various, you know, um, regions, ethnicities in the country. Um, paying attention to, it, to, to, to the nuances of economic deposits in these various regions, um, cultural heritages in these various regions, and as a matter of fact, religious proclivities in these various regions, as a matter of fact. So that's where, you know, the whole, you know, the bulk of the whole stuff begins. Um, and then it begins to cut across, you know, the economy, the education, you know, and stuff like that. You know, there are too many heated debates around these lines that I just mentioned now. Another thing that you should pay, you know, we, sh we should pay attention to in a Nigerian or a homegrown, um, you know, democracy is the issue of revenue allocation. Revenue allocation. Okay. Yes. Um, that the formula that we used to allocate revenue um, is faulty, grossly faulty, as a matter of fact. Um, another issue we should look at is the issue of what they call federal character. All right, this is our federal character, right? It's not, it is not necessarily a Nigerian, uh, what's it called now? It's, it's not an element of a Nigerian grown or a homegrown democracy for Nigeria. Because you see, it doesn't, it doesn't leave a level playing ground, right? It, it kills meritocracy. But, but, but that was what it was supposed to do initially. Unfortunately, it seems to be doing the opposite. Uh, and we have seen it in practice. That is what, where I'm coming from. Whatever is written, notwithstanding, it is what we see, the results that, of course, judge, you know, the uh, efficacy or the effect of what it is that we are using. If you claim that you're trying to drive a nail into a, into a wood, and what you have in your hand is a hammer, and you've been hammering the nail, and hammering the nail, and it's not entering, it's either that thing in your hand is not a hammer, or that thing you're trying to hammer into is not, is not wood somehow. Okay. If what is in your hand is a nail. Does this make sense? Yeah. So by the results, we can judge. So um, these are some of the, you know, key issues that need to be looked into. Um, so that when they are, you know, looked, uh, where is what I should uh, reviewed, yes. When they are reviewed again, we can begin, you know, either to do away completely with or to take out elements in these things that do, that do not agree or do not accommodate or take into cognizance the uniqueness, the peculiarity of the challenges of the various Nigerian peoples in the various parts of the country, you know, giving um, attention to their welfare within the socio-economic, you know, um, uh, uh, systems that work around them. All right. Now, now um, do you think that uh, the 250 or so ethnicities in this country is represented and even when uh, sometimes when we hear of ethnicity talked about we hear of the Igbos, the Yorubas and the Aousas uh, the other ethnicities seem to be uh, minorities mm -hmm. and um, they are not well attended to uh, will you agree to that? I agree, I agree again the results do speak for themselves they are largely not attended to. In fact, you are the one that said now, and that's and for some people they might be hearing it for the first time that we have over 250 ethnicities. For most people, there are three ethnicities, or maybe four because of the the jaws, the Niger Deltans. Um, I mean, I say the jaws because they are, you know, uh, pronounced. The Niger Deltans, you know, are not just the jaws. They are the Shekiris, they are the Robos. There are many other, you know, uh, people around there. Now, 
um, most people don't even know about these things because that they, it's not even talked about. There's no spotlight, you know, put in that in 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 that direction. As a matter of fact, that already speaks for itself. It already shows that these people are having representation, represent, effective representation problems. What that means is that when um, certain important decisions are being taken, all right, a lot of these minority groups are not even being you know paid attention to. For instance, the argument over it is the turn of the north. It was the West <laughs> that ruled before, right? So after the North, the West has ruled. Maybe after the North, the East can now come. Where does that leave the Calabaris? Where does that leave the Ishans in Edo State? Where does that leave the Ishakiris in? Where does that leave? You just see different, you know, uh, ethnicities springing up. So what of us, if so, if we're going to wait eight, eight years, for instance, for you to get to our turn, multiply eight years by 200, it will take, you know, that is close to how many years now for it to get to the 800 years before that you'd have long died and gone, like Solomon Grundy. Before it ever gets to the tunnel, will there still even be Nigeria <laughs> by that time? Mm. So that's just one example, you know, that goes to prove the fact that um, in many more ways that, than we may be able to capture, a lot of these minority, you know, uh, uh, ethnicities are not effectively captured, neither carried along in the polity of the country. Now, now some people believe that uh, the clergyman should have talked about even democracy, not home democracy, because... Um, what we have doesn't even look like a, a very good copy of democracy. I feel that the homegrown democracy is talking about is actually to solve the problem of the, de the of the deficient democracy we are we are running. Yes, um, there's no use, you know, uh, uh, you know, trying to patch something that is bad when we can actually replace it with something that is good. Uh, that's basically how I, you know, how I understand what he was saying. There's no point in talking about the, the, the issues with our democracy when actually we can talk about a better, it's just like the, the, the strike that the labor, you know, was organizing to go, you know, because of the hike in the electricity bills and the pump price of fuel. And I said, um, it's not just that I feel that the strike is belated, long belated. I, I, I also think that the strike is going into the wrong direction. That whole energy can be just for you to bring down fuel price and reduce a reverse electricity bill. No, 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 no. It's just, it's a waste of effort. I said, why can't we strike and demand that federal government should ensure that we have at least five modular refineries running in all six states? We have the money. We can do it. We have, we have all it takes. All the borrowing we are borrowing. We can borrow, we can borrow America if necessary to get that to happen. So why won't it happen? I think that that is what we should be striking about. Why won't we strike about the fact that our institutions are dilapidated and the educational system is, 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 you know, further plunging into rot? Asu, Asu is warming up in, in that direction. Oh, well, how about the, the, the fact that they seem to have been a lone voice in the wilderness? Where is labor when Asu is fighting for their children? I don't understand it. So I feel that that strike is going, you know, so that's just an example of what I'm talking about. So instead of going to beat the, you know, beat unnecessary drums around the, you know, fair, fair pump price, uh, and I, uh, those are necessary, but there are other things that are more, even more, in, even more menacing than these. That we should lump all of them together and say these are our demands. If we have modular refineries, it solves the fuel pump price issue permanently. So why are you trying to chop off branches when the tree is still standing tall and it's being fed very well at the roots, and the, the branches will jump out overnight once you chop off the ones you're trying to chop off right now? Now, now, now um, you've talked a little bit about power sharing, which is at the root of uh, the problems we have. A whole lot of power 
is concentrated on the federal, and they are even asking for more power. Mm. Now, uh, on the other hand, we have people who are saying restructure, devolve power. Mm. Now, these are two, uh, I mean, the, the federal government of, as, a, as sort of noun, uh, they, they don't look like they are going to say yes to the devolution of power. And um, if we don't restructure, and the man of God is saying, if we don't restructure, we are going to be faced with uh, the inevitable uh, option of uh, a breakup of a country. I mean, why do you think those who are, uh, you know, running this power power game don't don't see this coming? Is it that they don't believe that there could be a breakup? Or they believe that they have what it takes to keep this country together as an indivisible entity? Well, um, I think they're not properly guided. Who is guiding who now? <laughs> that's, that's really a sensitive question, really. Um, well, men, leaders in society guide the society. And then the leaders who guide society are guided by their ideals or their values, their value system, and their conscience, as a matter of fact. So when I say I think that they are not properly guided, it means that I'm referring to their consciences and their value systems. Um, I feel that, you know, the people feel, the people have a, a, a disposition that they have everything under their control. The whatever ruling, the ruling class, the ruling class, whatever they whatever they wish to do, they have everything on, under their control. So that's pretty much why I think maybe they are not scared that there could be a breakup. Because worse comes to worse, they might just use force to keep everything, you know, keep everything together. Um, and I say that because we already seen signs of those things. We do not have a free, you know, a society as free as there used to be in the previous administration before this one. Um, issues around, you know, the hate, hate speech bill, issues around people being arrested arbitrarily by law enforcement agents because they express their opinions and their views. Alright, issues around the executive defying court orders already are hugely suggestive, um, that, you know, uh, some sort of, uh, where's what I should use now? Force is, you know, uh, uh, in the, in the whole thing is is behind the scene, all right. Getting some things, you know, to to stay together by all means. Now the issue is this: I feel, like I said, that they feel that they they have everything under control. So whether they listen to the people or not, I mean, maybe immaterial as a matter of fact. Uh, but then this is where I would like to, you know, make a make a, a plea. It is it is it is it is better, all right, to engage more in 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 dialogue. And listen to the voice of the people in times like this. Because the tension is, is, is rising by the day. The economics are not, is not making life any easier for the people. Things are getting more and more difficult. So, um, it, 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 it becomes very important that the ruling class, you know, do a deep reflection and begin to pay attention to the things that are, co- that are intensifying, right? the difficulties of living for the people. This is very important because a lot of people say that Nigerians are dosa, that Nigeria has a population that is largely uninformed and inactive. People will better pay attention to some you know, frivolities than to pay attention to important things. And I say that that, that has a lifespan. 
one day monkey will go to market and will not return. People will suddenly start becoming too aware of what they were never aware of. People will suddenly start, start becoming no longer afraid of the things that they were afraid of and begin to make certain demands and refuse to go nowhere unless those demands are being looked into. So what do you do when that time comes? Now, the issue is that um, um, the, 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 when you look at the, even the policies, when you look at the body language of the, red, the people in the red chambers and the green chambers, it is very, you know, uh, unarguable that it doesn't look like there's a relationship between the cry of the people and the response of the ruling class. There is an inverse relationship in that regard. For whatever the reasons are, I don't know. But I just have a feeling that I, they feel they have everything under control. That's basic, that may be basically why they are doing so. Do, but, they, do they? Well, um, presently, I think they do. They have virtually everything under control, right? Um, I mean, that's the only way, uh, you know, what we are basically, you know, things are basically the way they are. Um, because there's just too much, too much that people are not aware of and too much that, you know, should have happened for us that have not happened. And it doesn't look like anything, you know, is, is not going right. So, um, when we look at it from that angle, it will just conclude that, well, maybe they do. And this is where the people need to begin to, you know, also do their own reflection. How best can we engage these people so they can understand that the thing that is happening is paining us? And we cannot continue to endure this pain like this. So they can understand that we are seeing the consequences that these things that are happening is going to have on our next generation. And if, if we're going to have a homegrown democracy, yes, we'll first of all have democracy. And democracy uh, resides power in the people. Don't you think eventually one day the people will take back the power? I believe so. It's not just a thinking. I believe so. And we are very, very close to that point. Where the people will now insist that that power we wanted. It. it looks like we have been, we, we've not been, you know, we've, we've, we, whether it's been taken away from us or we've not been using it, whichever the one is, but we want it and we want to use it and the time to use it is now. And that's part of why I'm saying what I'm saying. That people, we cannot afford to be indifferent anymore. We can't afford to be wallowing in mass ignorance anymore. You better be paying, paying attention to the things that are happening. You better be listening to the news. You better be asking questions. For instance, when the argument about the water resources bill came up, what broke out was, hey, they want to collect all the water. You know, see, don't listen, don't follow those narratives. You yourself do your own research. Ask questions. See, because these water resources that they are talking about, because what is it even about? What are they saying? What do they want to do? Be informed so that when the matters come up, you can have your position. See, this is what I understand by what's going on. And that this is why we, we don't agree with it. Or this is why we think it's a step in the right direction. So that people need to come out and begin to know what exactly is happening. So, for instance, when we talk about restructuring, what is this thing they call restructuring? What are they referring to? So, what is going to happen before we will now know that Nigeria has now been restructured? Okay, now, now the, the, the clamoring for uh, restructuring is getting louder, mm. louder and louder. And then um, uh, even the sector, the religious sector that would normally keep mute, is beginning to talk about it. Do you see a place or a point where those in power are forced to restructure and then what is your own version when they say restructure <laughs> it's beginning to have as many versions as those who are proposing it so what's your version of uh, restructuring just before we go for the news okay um i think first of all that restructure re restructuring nigeria is not is a non-negotiable 
see here, the government needs to know that something might have been like this before now. But when we see that from the issues we are dealing with now, it is not working anymore. We need to evolve. We need to move on. I don't know why it seems the way, the body language of the government, actually at the federal level, feels like they are threatened by this restructuring thing. And I don't understand why. I've taken my time to look at what this restructuring thing is actually about. And it's it's about the people that you are ruling, or that, you know, the way we put it here. It's supposed to be that you are leading, but this is rulership. It's about the people that you are ruling. So, how does it pose a threat? It's actually, it's not supposed to be to your credit that it was under your administration, talking to the president now, that it happened. So, I, I, I don't know. I'm still looking for the elements in the restructuring thing that tends to be a problem for the federal government of Nigeria, why they seem to be, you know, um, um, not in, in, in agreement, right, with it. Because we're talking about a situation where, for instance, um, we have devolution of power like i have you know described it means that we should take off certain issues from the exclusive list to the concurrent list we're not taking them off from government control as it were we're just saying take it from this level of government put it on this other level of government so that i mean think about it okay probably, probably they are more comfortable with those uh those things on on the exclusive list so when you say comfortable what's the meaning of comfortable how does your comfortable help the people is it not about the people all the things in the list and the list itself is it about the people it's not supposed to be about the people if it is about the people then it should have been done a long time ago okay so that that already suggests that it is not necessarily about the people probably okay so <laughs> That being uh, uh, said, it needs to be um, also uh, looked into the fact that that we are just saying that we should make certain things work at regional and at state levels, not necessarily being controlled. For instance, what is causing the uprising, major things causing the uprising in the uh, uh, Water Resources Bill, that it is going to necessarily relinquish control, exclusive control, to the federal government. All the waters in Nigeria, surface and underground water. What this means is including the water bodies across the country. We are saying that federal government is already controlling too much. And you are adding more to what they are controlling. You see, it does not agree with a democracy that works for Nigeria. That's the point. This is one of the major challenges with the bill. Even though the minister for water, you know, the ministry, for, the, the minister for minister of water resources, all right, and the speaker of, uh, 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 the majority leader, sorry, Femi Bajabiamila of the house, are in, are in, 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 in favor of the bill. I'm wondering, these people are learned people. Is it that they are not seeing these things or they are just being biased, all right, in their, uh, uh, positions or opinions on the issue. So we are simply saying that this restructuring thing is not something we can run away from. We are due for it. We have grown. We have mature. It is something that we have to do. Otherwise, we are uh, putting at risk the fabrics that keep all the various parts of the country together. That if we are going to remain together as Nigeria, which we desire to be, then we need to look into this restructuring thing to ensure that, that, that parts of this country are not being disadvantaged perpetually and held down at the expense, alright, sorry, uh, in, in favor of some other regions. So that we should give re, uh, regions the autonomy to develop, allow them, allow people to develop at their pace. Allow people to develop at their pace. Alright. We'll take a short break, and when we come back after the news, uh, it will still be the parliament, and of course, uh, the talk lines will be getting up.
Twelve minutes before the hour of seven, this is Auburn Parliament, and uh, we're driving a conversation around restructuring uh, made uh, by uh, the uh, Redeemed Christian Church of God, GO, over the weekend, uh, that we need to restructure or we break up. Uh, of course, we'll continue the talk right here in the city, but let's open up the talk lines at 80 Double nine nine four five nine four five and 080-93-999-945. Keep your comments as brief as you can. Hello, hello. Good morning, Lucy. Yeah, good morning. You're welcome. Yeah, everyone from Transcule. You're welcome. I I thank your guest so much. I think I love it when I hear him speak. His uh, explanation is, I do appreciate it. My own is that I so much love what Adeboye said. If you don't restructure will break up. It's a simple thing. There is no way, two ways about it. Do you know that we are more divided now, more than we are during Nigeria Civil War? Do you know that during the Afra War, everybody get, get, everybody was together against the Igbos? The, the Middle Belt, the Southwest, the Northeast, the Northwest, all of them was together. But now, look at the fragmentation. Northeast is saying another thing. Middle Belt is saying another thing. Southwest is saying another thing. Southeast is saying another thing. We are more divided now. If you don't resolve, what is causing it? Do we say, let's break up? Did that double year say, let's break up? No. What did he say? Let's do things for the betterment of our, of our existence. Let's sit down and talk. How we will work this uh, federal, uh, this uh, federal structure that we are not progressing the way we are doing it. If you are doing the same thing all the time and we are not making headway, what do we do? We sit down and talk about it. But your one tribe say one, one, one group of people say no. We will remain this way because it's favoring them. What are we saying, Uche? And they deceive us. They say they don't know what we're talking about when you talk about the story. No, they know because they campaign with it. You know, it's, it's deceit. It's deceit. It's fallacy of the highest order. If you tell us that you don't know what the story is all about, what is it all about? Let's carry all those things in exclusive list that you bottled up everything in the center. Let's release power. Let's take, have more power and pray to the center. Let's, let's take it, uh, the road, the expressway that runs from Onitato that passed my, 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 my place. That is a federal law. Take all of them, give it to the state. Let's state that we can hold accountable. State is closer to us. We can, we can demonstrate in, 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 in the, in the state government house and demand that that road must be done than going to Abuja. You understand what that's what we are talking about. We should to take those things that what you bottle up in exclusively. Give it to. All right. Um, uh, we'll keep the calls coming. Uh, please be as brief as possible so we can take in as many uh, conversations. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. What's your name, sir? I am Pastor Nicholas Sesia. Go ahead. I love what your analyst in the studio has said. Very, very interesting. But Adeboye, the GPO of Redeemed, what he said is good, but uh, I believe it has come late because for a figure like him representing the Christian uh, religion in Nigeria should have spoken of earlier than this. He did not say anything when the killing of Christians, both from the north, southeast, and other parts of the country. He did not say anything. The law of karma came up. He did not say anything. And a lot of things are happening in this government. 
the House of Representatives, the vice president of this country comes from his denomination. What happened in Edo State is a sham against the Christian religion. And he did not say anything. We are looking up to him to have put up at least a disciplinary measure against that young man, Zeyama. He did not do anything. Please, he should hold his word. Nigeria is due for breakup. Restructuring cannot solve it. Thank you very much. All right. And uh, if it is restructured and properly restructured, will there be still a need to break up? Okay. Hello? Hello? All right. Keep the calls coming. Hello? Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Yeah. Everybody, good morning. I'm pleased to get you this morning. You're welcome. My You're welcome. Is, right. My name is Hygienist. I call from Enugu. You're welcome, Hygienist. Go ahead. Yes. The gentleman in the studio has done justice to this topic. But I want to deviate from just a little from what he said. Restructuring was good. That was why Ojuku and Gowan went to Ghana to discuss about restructuring. And they reached an accord. They came back to implement the system. Gowan refused because he was advised by Western powers, especially Britain. It was on this note that Many Biafrans were killed. Genocide was committed against Biafrans by the Nigerian state. And look at it now. They are bringing such topic again. Are they, do they want to cause another death to people? Restructuring has gone. It's now too, too late. Look at it. Different ethnic groups in Nigeria are talking about staying alone. Even at the World Conservative Forum last week, talk about referendum. Look at it now. And it is so obvious that Biafrans have gone. The referendum that should be done is not to be done in Biafraland. It is to be done that people who want to join Biafran will join them. Now, let Nigeria, the rest part, if they want to restructure, if they want to conduct referendum for themselves, it is good for them and not for Biafran. Thank you for picking my call. Anyway, All right. uh, now the agitation uh, that uh, the Biafrans uh, are making, are they not going to be addressed uh, in the restructuring? And if they will be, will there still be need for agitation? Hello? Hello, good morning. Yeah, good, good morning. morning. Yeah, Tony calling from Enugu. You're welcome. Go ahead. All right, I bring the, the guest in the studio. Go ahead. Uh, Actually, the statement is from uh, Adebayo. At least, as I can say, the man, he, he, he speaks the whole mind of uh, we, the Igbo. We are lamenting and we are crying over this uh, marginalization for this country. And we, we need our own state. So please, I'm begging uh, the federal government to the masses. We, the Japan, we are crying about... Uh, uh, all right. Um, uh, let's uh, also be uh, thoughtful about the discussion. Uh, what normally happens is when issues like this are raised, um, uh, you we decide to stay where we are. The reason for discussions is so that we can shift a little bit of ground to get the best for the people. Hello? Uh, you see, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Reverend Ojiako, the prince. You're welcome. welcome. All right. Uh, the guest in the studio most times speaks my mind, and uh, sometimes I don't even want to call. But then, let me say something based on what we are saying. Pastor Deboye is a man I respect so much, even from when I was a, a, a boy. And uh, he has influenced my ministry to an extent. 
and as a young pastor I am, I know the type of influence for good, positive influence. I will over my members. I was in Calabar. I left. I'm in neighboring state now for about six years. And I know the influence I will over it just by call. This is how I want things to be done. And over the years, I've been startled. I've been bamboozled. Why this man of God, I respect so much, have refused to say something. In fact, it almost drove me crazy. Christians are killed. Many other things happen. And they keep quiet. And I've smashed the scripture to justify that silence. I couldn't see. Jesus was political. He spoke to the powers. Then, in his time, nevertheless, when the things that have been happening have now started affecting the West, they started talking. But it's fine. At least finally he has spoken up to the glory of God. What he has said, is it different from what we have been shouting? Even the Namdekan, when we talk about him, it's massive. Is it not something he's saying? Only that sometimes he uses maybe languages that somebody like me, I, mean, I will not use. But then he has been saying the same thing. It is inevitable that if we refuse to restructure now, Nigeria will actually break up. And why is the breakup a threat? Why is it a threat? That it is well with the Yoruba, it is well with the Hausa, it is well with the Igbo man, and we are relating as several countries. Are we enemies with Ghana and Cameroon simply because we are not together? Can't we break up for peace to reign? All right. And why, as I conclude, let me tell you why the, the those in power will not allow it to be. I studied Islam for three years in a theological school. Let me tell you, the North, the core North, has ever, they have fought any policy that is against their interest, against their Islam, and they will never allow it. It's going to affect their plan. But we can only do that by force. Let other men of God in other regions, let them come out and speak and let their members support. Thank you. All right, thank you so much for your comments. And um, of course, we also want to believe that the right thing to do is for the uh, northern uh, leaders, those in power, to think about their people. Is restructuring anti-North? Is it anti-the people of North? Or is it just uh, servicing the interest of just few? Hello? Good morning. Good morning, Uche and Adobe. You're good welcome. Morning, Mr. Bennett. And good morning, the guest. My name is Bennett from Tansiku. Go ahead. My people, this, what Adebo is said is just like what the boss Mustafa read out. Those four key points. He said if it is not addressed, Nigeria, that Nigeria has, uh, the wars are cracking. We have to look into peace, insecurity, love, and corruption. My brothers and sisters, if these four things are addressed, they are going to take care of in the restructuring we are hammering up and what are they going to affect? Why? What is the difficulty in restructuring? Simply because I am in a comfort zone. I'm okay. Because if they restructure, it might affect my, uh, my, my zone. The, the way I, I found myself. Just like the guest said, one of the things they pointed out, he said, our revenue sharing formula is totally 40. Everybody knows it's 40. You first of all, uh, reduce it to number of local government. Why not reduce it to
state. If you like, go and create uh, how many thousands of uh, local governments you like. All we need is carrying this back. This is for your seat. If you know how you will share it, share it. But they use local government to favor Kanu and uh, some other areas. Yes, people kept mute. We still have other people there when they were sharing it with the people. If you ask Paha Ndukaya, he will tell you that constitution with the people is very faulty. And I agree with him. So I don't see what is new or what is wrong with that. Debo is saying. As Debo is speaking his mind, that's what I'm telling Nigeria. That even, that's not the reason he said. He said those who are sponsoring terrorism will not see New Year. It is left for us. When God, God will not come down to speak to us. He will use somebody, especially his children, to pass the message. If they like, they take it. If they don't like, all well with them. Thank you. All right. All right, thank you. Thank we'll you take so a short much. break. And then, of course, when we return, um, we'll take more calls. But the big question is, uh, are these agitations not going to favor the people? Imagine the number of people that have been killed in the north. And so if actually government is about the people, won't it pay favor these almagiris and these people who are killed in their numbers in the north? We'll be right back after this. It's still urban parliament uh, this beautiful Monday morning. Uh, just before uh, we get back to the talk lines, uh, let me ask you, um, uh, Mr. Francis, um, if government is about the people, and it should be about the people, um, with what is going on in the north with uh, thousands of people killed, a lot of people in IDP camps, insecurity here and there. Won't restructuring, doesn't restructuring look like it's going to favor the average man uh, who has to depend on the wealthy Al-Haji to survive? Of course it will. And I think it's one of the reasons why the, you know, the ruling class are indifferent to the call of the people for restructuring. Um, I mean, um, it, it was Independence Day. The president gave us his speech. And then somebody says we should restructure. And the president comes out and says that such a call is unpatriotic. For crying out loud, who is deceiving who? How can you say that? Those are not even, let us pretend that, you know, that the president has a misgiving about such a statement. You don't come out in public and say that kind of thing. Alright, there are, there are, there are, there are ways. And by the, by the way, if you can't even express what you mean by unpatriotic, you know, by such a statement, it shows that there are some things that people are, you know, pretending about, basically. So, it becomes important to see that what is contained in the so-called restructuring are things that are, you know, that we have long needed for years and have never had. Um, so, so you cannot call that unpatriotic. We are saying that this is what it will take for, you know, for us to evolve as a society, for the country to work for everyone, including the people in the north. Is it that the, 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 the ruling class of uh, the north don't understand what restructuring is all about, or is it, is it simply a political assumption? I believe they more than do. Are they not the ones who say that the certain people from the country are for commerce and trade and other people in the country are for intellectual prowess, but they, they are for leadership? Excuse me, who is supposed to know what restructuring means more? So I believe that they more than do. 
Um, however, I think that personal interest and greed of some people in the ruling class would not allow them let certain things happen because it will be for the betterment of the people and it will not, it may not necessarily get in the way of some of the things that put more resources in their hands. That is what how, that is how I, you know, that is how I see that issue. So because of that, um, the greed of men and the interest of individuals, you know, I told you in the beginning of the conversation that one of the biggest problems we have in this country is that individuals are exalted over institutions. We have people who are more powerful than policies. So it's these individuals I'm talking about, all right, that who, anytime they feel that a certain paradigm, a, 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 a program, an initiative is not going to work in their favor, it becomes a problem. As far as they have the power, they will not want that to happen. And that's, this is not, that, that, that's not how, that how nations, you know, make progress or prosper. If you read the book, um, uh, Why Nations Fail, Alright, you know, a big book, you know, but it explains a lot, you know, things along these lines. The West, some of the Western countries we celebrate today have told these lines and they have come to terms with the fact that it does not work. Some people are going to get rich and the nation is going to get poor and poorer by the day. But what these rich people should know is that the way the world is arranged, if the rich keeps getting richer and the poor keeps getting poorer, one day the rich will have no poor to leverage on anymore. You know, it's like conditioning society for a default, for, for a default destructive mode so, in, in says, the long run. Someone says when it gets to the point, the people will eat the rich. Okay, let's get back to the talk lines zero eight zero double nine nine four five nine four five or zero eight zero nine three triple nine nine four five. Hello? Keep the calls uh, coming. Hello? Yeah, good morning. All right, please be audible. I, I can barely hear what you're saying. Are you hearing me now? Yeah, better. Go ahead. Yes, I thank God I get you. I am Pastor Chiku Albert. You're welcome. Go ahead. I want to believe that uh, the guest uh, has spoken so well. Um, this uh, issue of uh, restructuring, I believe uh, what uh, Papa Adebo is saying, because I call him Papa anytime, any day. Um, it's not a new, a new thing. It has been a, a discussion that has been on the phone for a very long time. And, uh, I want to also be, believe that, um, what he said is right. And, um, other Nigerians, other prominent Nigerians should also join him. Other prominent uh, religious leaders should also join him. Because restructuring is what we need. Personally, is what I need. Because, um, the country, Nigeria, with its diversity is better, when it is better restructured. Uh, those who are arguing on the issue of um, going apart, they also have their right and they are also right. I want to also believe that um, the issue of uh, going apart for this part of the nation has been going on for the past 20 years and has not been granted. All right, well, let's try that. You call us back. Hello? Hello, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, my name is Tewe Zugachi. I'm calling you from Enugu. You're welcome. I thank the resource person in the studio, and I want to say thank you again to him. Now, who will restructure Nigeria? Is it the National Assembly that has been falsely empowered by the 99 Constitution as amended that gave more seats to the Northerners? that will make it impossible for restructuring to occur, that will restructure Nigeria? Or is it the president that you know that had, uh, he, he doesn't like to hear anything restructuring, like 
the resource section, the CEO have said, or will they be using the national convert by JEJ uh, that we had in uh, 2014? What happened to the mantra? Uh, no, no restructuring, no election in 2019 before the general election in 2019. Because most of the people stood up and said, without restructuring, yeah, there will not going to be elections. And we, we took them for their work, and they disappointed us. You know, when, let's not be discussing things that are not feasible. That is things that are not real. If we can finish this discussion, and we cannot put it to action, then it is a sin on our own part as a people. Because the Bible says that faith without work is dead. Now, how can we put this restructuring into effect? How can we make it to come alive? If not in the way of Nandekalo, that has asked the indigenous people to stand up and say, no, we don't want Nigeria again, if you people don't want to restructure it. Because when you restructure Nigeria, I mean it, it will benefit everybody. But with this line we are doing, it means that nobody will restructure Nigeria because the present government of Nigeria don't even like to hear it's like restructuring is a treasonable offense in their ear. Thank you. I am Ewe Zigachi calling from Enugu. All right. Keep the calls coming. Hello? Good morning, my good people. Yeah, good morning. That sounds you like see, Alda. Good morning. Yeah, you. God bless you. Uh, is my name. I'm calling from Abapa. You're welcome. Uh, your, discussion, your discussion this morning is an interesting one. You see, you see, Nancy, one thing I cannot understand is that really we need a restructuring. And I think it has to do with uh, maybe a federal issue. But uh, I will, I would like uh, maybe your resource person to tell me, unless we fail to restructure, does it mean that uh, our governor, our local government chairman, cannot perform, that they can presently, they cannot give us good rules because we've not restructured, they cannot uh, maybe take care of our uh, industries, that uh, suppose they uh, maybe to give a uh, work to our unemployed youth because we've not restructured. Is it because of restructuring that our most of our rules are nothing but dead trust? Both federal, uh, state, and the local government uh, rules. You know, when you go to our rural areas, you see that there are some places you cannot, just because of five trips of uh, last trap can cover a place to enable you fast that you cannot. You know, then uh, they will love the structure in any way. But I cannot understand why is it that most of these politicians that cannot pay salary, most of these politicians that cannot uh, maybe give us a local employment, the state and the local, uh, local government level, what are they waiting for? But we know that it will not be easy. We continue clamoring for restructuring. By God's grace, it will come when it will come. But please, I want to ask questions. Can't these politicians maybe give us dividends of democracy? The one that is within their reach because they are collecting their allocation while we wait for restructuring. That's my take this morning. God bless you. And I go is my name. I call from Ababa. All right. Thank you for your thoughts. Hello. Good morning. Yeah, hello. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Hi. You're welcome. Go ahead. Thank you very much. I want to... Thank your guest in the studio. He's just done very well. Uh, Mr. Yusri, I need somebody to answer this simple question, please. Go ahead. Since the amalgamation of uh, the southern and the northern protectorates in this country, I want somebody to begin to point out to me the benefits of our crude 
from that amalgamation? What have we to show for the amalgamation? What have we to show for this false marriage called Nigeria? Is it the millions of lives that have been wasted and have continued to be wasted till date? Why do we continue to reinforce failure in Nigeria? I don't understand. But the truth is that for me, I, I, I remember sometimes looking up the word nation in the dictionary. And what we have in Nigeria is a far cry from the definition of a nation. They say a nation is an aggregate of people of common descent, people that have something in common language, culture, what have you. What is, how does that, how does Nigeria fit into this definition? I can't see it. I can't see it, Mr. Yusi. Mr. Yusi, is this country really poised for development? Are we poised for growth? Or do we just want to sit around and run around and achieve nothing? A country with so much potential and people are holding people down? Mr. Yusi, your, your child wants to study medicine at the University of Nigeria and Soka. And then he scores 300 in the jam. And then he can't get in because he's been cut off by probably a point or two. And then a certain fellow from Sokoto or somewhere in the north comes along and is offered admission for to study medicine in the same University of Nigeria and Soka. And meanwhile, he has a score of 200. And they say it is because he's from an educationally less privileged. My question is, who made you educationally less privileged? Mr. Yuki, look at the unity schools. Look at the entrance, uh, 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 whatever, the cutoff for the, for the unity schools. At the end of the day, the same people that are obviously weak academically are the ones that get to occupy the very sensitive excellence of policy making in this country. And you tell me you want to move forward? Do we talk about our, our, our president, who's quiet, he still, he's still under a lot of whatever, being deputized with, with a deputy that is a, a professor of, of, of law? How do we make progress in this nation? Mr. Issey, I just want to tell you the truth. I am done. I don't want to be a part of this country anymore. Let's forget about sentiment. Look at, you read in the news this morning that Mr. President said those who are calling for restructuring are unpatriotic. Please, can somebody define that for me? Is okay. it really what you want or what the people want? Please, I can't stay in the same country with with these people, we are, we don't have anything in common. All right, I have to, okay, yes. now, uh, uh, as, uh, as angry as we are, uh, let's, um, let's try not to heat up the polity. Um, if you say, um, being, uh, pushing for restructuring is unpatriotic, well, we will argue it because we all own this nation. Uh, you, uh, well, you can't blame people for what they say, but you can have a contrary opinion. opinion. Hello. Hello. Hello, Mr. You say good morning. Good morning. Mm-hmm. I'm CJ. I'm calling from Achalea. All right, let's go. For those who say that we are not, you know, a country of one language, if you go to Africans, African countries, you discover that these are multi-ethnic languages come to put together by Europeans. Go to America. They have more than 400 languages and tribes and people of all, you know, but they are one. Why? It depends on the system of government they are practicing. They are practicing federal system, of which we say we practice. In federal system, all the federal units are autonomous. That is the way to go. America keeps harnessing like Hawaii, all the island nations in the Pacific, they keep harnessing it to make them stronger. Look at one state that is bigger than America, near Russia, America harnessed it. What were we talking about? Look at EU, United Nations, you know, European Union. They came together, small, small countries coming together. You see, we don't have taught us that we are great when we are united. 
I don't say anything wrong with you know how Sir Ibo Fulani Calabar being together in Nigeria. It makes us most powerful nation. But the problem is how to harness these things and make it go forward. No splitting. Those calls for the splitting of Nigeria to my mind are simply myopic. Check Europe, check America. These guys did not split. Instead, they come together. But introduce a government that will carry everybody along. That is why we are calling for restructuring. Those who want Biafra, I want to ask you. If you split Nigeria and Igbo states, Igbo five states become a nation. Two five states that are not up to a local government in Burundi. Where do you import your goods from? You will still need visa to go to Nigeria to import your goods. Or you want to tell me you want to put force Niger Delta into Biafra? You never, they cannot follow you. Or you could try that and they sabotage the Biafra then. But if you force them for adventure, and then, when the chiefs are down, you become one country. If they want to go, will you allow them to go as Niger Delta Republic? All right. You should ask yourselves, please. You please, we don't need to structure North Biafra. All right. Um, I'll take two more calls, and then, um, of course, we get back to our guest. Hello? You're welcome. What's the name? Your volume is always low, and I keep telling you, your volume is always low. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. to classify a region lazy uh, if you've met an average uh, man or a Fulani man you know they are not lazy I mean um, we need to be balancing our thoughts let me take one more call and then we just get back to the studio hello hello hello, hello. yeah good, good morning. morning good morning thanks for picking my call you're welcome Late. my name is Odeze I don't know, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to our guests in the house. Good morning. Well, I, what I just um, make a point. I think what uh, from the uh, first part of the discussion, what we have um, is a unitary form of government instead of a democratic. We ha- we say it's democratic. It's a partisan unitary government where we have just the government trying to lord it over the entire country without using them. Um, the um like the, the states for example you know when we had regions it was almost the same thing we were doing uh, because of our background so if we must have a democracy 
most probably we grow our own kind of democracy that is suitable to our fundamental problems. Thank you very much. Thank you, Odaze. Thank you for your thoughts. And, of course, uh, we get back to the studio. And, um, of course, let's look at all the uh, callers of said and um, make quick responses to them. Mr. Francis Oka. Okay. Uh, basically, the, you, you can see the, you can feel the pulse from the people. Uh, so whilst we are saying that um, we can restructure, we can rearrange the way things are done, and see the instance, instances they are given, issues relating to um, you know revenue uh, allocation, how you know the system that throws up leaders in our politics, um, how you know opportunities, right? The the the, the gross inequality in in um, the distribution of opportunities in the country. These are the things mostly that are causing the you know agitation. So um, the leadership needs to pay attention to these. And um, this restructuring is not just a federal government thing. It's also state governments because the, the state governments now have microcosms of this bigger problem at the federal level. So um, whilst it looks like, you know, the state governments are cooling off, not, no, no much agitation in that direction, is because of, you know, this huge issue um, going on at the federal level. Very soon, it will come to that place. Isn't it possible uh, the uh, state governments... Uh, even opposed to it? Uh, well, I actually think some state governments are opposed to it, um, which is another reason I want to call on the attention of the, you know, the masses, the people out there, to, whilst we are talking about this is what should happen at the federal level, let us pay more attention to what should happen at the state level. I mean, this is the place where we have, we know, for instance, the man that is in the office. We, you know, for some people is our friend, for some people is our, our relative, for some people is our neighbor, and stuff like that, alright? Um, I think at least we can, if we look into how, what the, what the distribution of, you know, of wealth, of the, you know, administration of resources, you know, and of course the, the delivery of good governance within the, you know, premise of our states, we could actually achieve a lot more in a very short period of time, all right, uh, whilst we are still dealing with these things, you know, on the table of uh, the federal government. We should look a lot in that direction because there's a lot that should have happened for us that might not have happened as a result of the fact that um, the state's government Governments themselves are not, you know, um, you know, performing optimally. Now, one of the arguments against the restructuring is that uh, with restructuring, as beautiful as it looks, mm. uh, with the wrong people still in government, it might not make much difference. What do you think about it? Uh, well, I think it will. The the restructuring will actually affect the people in government. Now, what it will affect? Okay. Yes, it, it will affect uh, how people get into governance, right? Um, yes, there will be people there when it is being implemented. Uh, so it might not have strong effect at the beginning, all right. But as it, you know, the implementation progresses, more like what happened in the telecoms sector, all right. Initially, it might not look like anything significant happened, but all of a sudden, you begin to see the massive benefits that it delivers to the people as a result of the fact that. Key issues have been revised and we now have better ways, you know, of arranging them and administering them in such a way that it benefits the, you know, the larger population of the masses. So I think that, again, let me emphasize, restructuring is not just a federal government thing. It is also a state and local government thing. In your opinion, do you think that uh, implementing the 2014 CONFAB uh, will assuage the masses and uh, do the same thing that restructuring will uh, do? I believe it will to a large extent, in all honesty, because it, you see, no need to speak grammar. 
why are they not implementing it? Something there are things there <laughs> that uh, you know they, they they don't want right to happen. Otherwise, they should have just gone ahead. And they, they can't point. Another point is that they cannot tell us that there are content in that confab that will work against the progress of the country. At least nobody has been able to come out to say that. So why why would they implement it? That tells us that there are things there that should have benefited the larger population of the masses that they don't want to happen because uh, it might close the door for some you know of some avenues through which some of the you know uh, uh, the political elites all right are getting you know individual interests protected and reaping personal gains so the agitation should actually be that this country must be restructured that is the first agitation that is the first point of call and in the event that the government refuses you know to restructure then we can start talking about the fact that we want to go on our own all right. Um, the conversation is not ended. Of course, uh, I'm going to be bringing you back uh, with a different guest on Thursday. Uh, so just uh, keep your tab on uh, Urban Radio. Uh, thank you, Mr. Francis Oka, for uh, showing up. And Always a talks. pleasure. Francis Oka is uh, a recruitment consultant and an online uh, solutions provider uh, and youth development expert. He is the host of Hazel Intelligence. And, uh, of course, the Chief Operations uh, uh, Officer of Pickup uh, Development Center. Thank you once again. You're welcome. Of course, um, uh, Urban Parliament will reconvene tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Keep a date with the rest of our programmings for the day. Like I will always say, uh, there's no better place to be than where you are. Uche Gabriel is my name. I'm Adobe Lose. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Urban Radio 94.5 FM. Please note that opinions and submissions on all our platforms are strictly that of the guest and all callers. These submissions does not represent the Urban Radio establishment. We support a better nation through constructive dialogue and criticisms for a better society. Urban Radio, your home for music, talk, and sports.